Welcome into the For the Throne Dynasty podcast, starring your defending champion, Cascade Bear, Stirk Daddy, Justin STP6, Andy Pollock, Randy Santarelli, D. Slackey, the debut of House Deets, Candle Still Lit, Little Slads, WGL 1035, Prince Palmer 17, Lefty 79, and Bucks in 6. Welcome into the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. On this episode, we do Andy's team profile. However, we have a special guest taking the place of Andy, and it's Will. He has even his Zoom name identified as Andy Pollock. So I'm sure we'll get some similar insight, just with a lot less cannabis in your mind. Hey, Logan. Pleasure to be here. So we're going to break down Andy's profile. We're not going to spend much time on it since she decided she didn't want to go on the episode. She's the first out of 10 teams to do so. So that deserves a big fly VL. When we are done with Andy's quick team profile, we're going to go right into our second mock draft uh, that Will and I are going to do. Uh, we're going to do the full six rounds, but we're only going to do analysis for probably the first round or so of picks because it'll obviously take some time. And then that's going to be it. As it relates to mock drafts, I'm planning to do maybe two more. Um, one right before the NFL draft and then one right after. And then, of course, it will be our rookie draft in the middle of May. And that's kind of the plan going forward. Hopefully, in the next two weeks, we'll be able to do Little Slads and Lefty's team profiles. Uh, I know Lefty, there will be no issue with him getting on, but hopefully Little Slads cannot join the group of Andy of being not on his team profile episode. So let's get right into it right away. We're going to start with Andy's team profile. And how it's going to work is we're just going to read through all of the groups together and then we'll just briefly uh, discuss and then move on. So if we take a look at Andy's startup draft, when we began our league, she drafted out of the three spot. And here is how her first 10 rounds went. So with the 103, she selected Christian McCaffrey. Kind of crazy that he was the number three pick. Obviously, I traded up to get Saquon, but... Then her second round pick was the 210 where she selected Antonio Brown. The next round was Travis Kelsey at the 303. And then Damian Williams at the 410 as her running back two. Uh, Cooper Cup at the 503 as her wide receiver two. Uh, Cam Newton at the 610 as her franchise quarterback. J.J. Watt at the 703 as her first IDP, and I believe he was the first IDP drafted. It's either him or Aaron Donald. And then the 8-10 was Robbie Anderson as her wide receiver three. The 9-03 was some dude named Aaron Lynch, who was her second IDP drafted, and I'm pretty sure he was a free agent at the time, or a Raider or something, I don't even know. Chicago Bears. 
Oh, she was on the Bears. Okay. And then at the 10-10, she selected Michael Gallup. And she didn't really have any diamonds in the rough. A couple good IDPs like Zach Cunningham. Um, but nothing really of note after that. So what did you think about some of those picks uh, in her first 10 rounds? I mean, when you look down the line, um, the fact Travis – I think Travis Kelsey might have been one of the first – tight ends off the board maybe mm-hmm. kittle was um him falling to 303 was kind of a huge surprise but a good pick up there um two girls one cup from the fifth round um his quarterback at the time was goth that's probably why he dropped so far now we look at him and he's still on her team and has been doing a lot of good things um i think a lot of the other guys that you see on this list that she drafted are no longer there so she's been pretty active as far as trades go not active enough to be a part of this podcast tonight, but she definitely has made some moves to try to make her team better. And then let's get it right into her startup rookie draft. So she had four selections starting it off at the rookie one Oh five. She was hoping to get a franchise piece and she drafted Nikhil Harry, the rookie wide receiver for the Patriots at the rookie two Oh eight. She selected tight end for the Vikings, Irv Smith jr the 305, she selected wide receiver for the Cardinals, Andy Isabella. And then at the rookie 408, she selected Travis Homer running back with the Seattle Seahawks. What do you think about those four picks? Pretty disappointing rookies, if you ask me. Um, just kind of off of that list alone. I think she took Irv Smith just because he was a Viking. Um, they really didn't pan out. Irv Smith Jr.'s kind of had an injury history. Saw that this past year. Um, hopefully he gets it going, you know, with his maybe in the final year of his rookie contract. Um, but yeah, I think I think just from a poor, you know, draft and then a poor rookie draft on top of that, that kind of helped tell his story for the first couple seasons. Then we'll get right into the 2020 rookie draft where she had in total. Uh, nine selections, including three firsts. So let's take a look. To begin the draft, she took DeAndre Swift, running back of the Lions, at the 104. At the 106, she took the wide receiver for the Vikings, Justin Jefferson. At the 111, she took quarterback of the Bengals, Joe Burrow. Uh, At the 205, she selected wide receiver for the Colts, Michael Pittman Jr. The 206, the running back for the Bills, Zach Moss. The 302 wide receiver for the Steelers, Chase Claypool. 303 running back for the Steelers, Anthony McFarland. 305 IDP for the Cardinals, Isaiah Simmons. And then 403 tight end for the Bears, Cole Komet. What do you think about that draft? There's a lot of pretty big names in there. Yeah, a lot of good names that I saw. Um, I think Taylor was gone, so I think the next best back available was DeAndre Swift. Um, we were all surprised at the time when she took Jefferson at 106. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of us thought it was kind of like a homer pick, but he's probably been the best wide receiver by far fantasy wise. Uh, Joe Burrow, again, he's had a great career so far. Now that the Bengals are investing in a, a good line, I think, you know, that's why that her team name is now, you know, get burrowed bitches and <laughs> rightfully so, uh, he's, he's going to be a major piece for years to come. I now have Pittman. I'm glad I got Pittman. Um, I think everybody on that list has relevancy except for McFarland. And then for some reason she dropped Isaiah Simmons, um, which is also on my team too. But she had a really good draft here, and 
I, you know, a lot of a lot of these players she basically drafted was because of a single trade, which we'll probably talk about a little bit later. In the 2021 rookie draft, she had five selections, really no one of note outside of her first pick. Her first pick was the 2021-102, and it was running back Javante Williams with the Denver Broncos. Her second pick was the 301 wide receiver for Baltimore, Tylen Wallace. Uh, the 401 was Jamin Davis, IDP for, I don't remember what team. Do you recall? <laughs> I think the Cardinals or something. I, I think so, yeah. He was a first-rounder. Uh, the 503 was a defensive back for the Falcons, Richie Grant. And then the 607 was Joseph Asai. I think he was Ravens, I want to say. Yeah. So any thoughts on that? I really, really love Javante Williams. I, I've kind of asked Andy for him, you know, if he was available in trades. Price is very high on him, and rightfully so. Um, depending on what happens with Melvin Gordon, I think I think that running back room is his in Denver, and now he's got Russell Wilson, and they're going to use Javante in lots of different ways. I wouldn't be surprised if Javante becomes like a top five, if not already, running back for next year. The, right. re- the rest, of those, the rest of those guys, I I have no idea who the fuck they are. So <laughs> yeah, it's cur- we'll be curious to see if she keeps any of those, um, with three of them being the IDPs, and none of them being like over the top good. So. Let's go right into her seasonal results. So in 2019, she finished with a record of 4-9, and nine, good for 10th place. Some of her key pieces were the running back 1 on the season in Christian McCaffrey. She had the wide receiver 5 in Cooper Cup, wide receiver 13 in Tyler Lockett, wide receiver 22 in Michael Gallup, and then the tight end 1 in Travis Kelsey, and the tight end 12 in Mike Gesicki. So one piece that's missing in terms of rankings is the quarterback. But, I mean, she saw quite a bit of good pieces for that season. In 2020, she finished 3-10 and 10 in last place. She had the running back 14 in Melvin Gordon, running back 18 in DeAndre Swift, the wide receiver 6 in Justin Jefferson, rookie season, and the wide receiver 24 rookie season in Chase Claypool. So she did get some decent production out of her wide receivers, uh, especially the rookies, but it just wasn't enough. Then we get into the high point of her career so far. It was this past season. She finished with a record of 8-6. and six. She got the four seed, and then she beat D. Sladke at home by 8.46 in the first round of the playoffs this year. And then in the semis, though, she traveled to Stirk Daddy and lost by 12.08 points. So it was still pretty close. She definitely had the opportunity to beat him. Uh, if you look at some of her pieces, though, my gosh, she had so many key components to the success of her season. At quarterback position, she had the quarterback 5 in Matthew Stafford and the quarterback 8 in Joe Burrow. For the running back, she had the running back 6 with Leonard Fournette the running back 15 in DeAndre Swift, the running back 17 in Javante Williams, and the running back 22 in Melvin Gordon. So kind of interesting. She had both of the Broncos running backs, and both of them finished as RB2s. The wide receivers, she had the wide receiver 1 in Cooper Cup, wide receiver 4 in Justin Jefferson, so back-to-back top six seasons, and then the wide receiver 15 in Tyler Lockett. Tight end has been a position of struggle for her thus far. 
So what do you think about um, just the overall kind of seasonal success of Andy? Obviously, she's trended in the right direction last year. Yeah, and I think a lot, I think you and I had discussions about Andy's team like the first couple of years. Like she's got to do something as far as getting value for some of her players. She definitely got that through one trade, which you'll talk about later on. She's got she's got a roster to compete for next year, and I think she's got a lot of young guys to be a lot to be excited about. Um, can't wait to see Burrow next year, kind of all motivated from last year's Super Bowl run. Uh, Stafford and Cup is kind of like the perfect connection there. Um, Again, I, I would say that she's got a roster to maybe compete for the title next year. Be curious to see, um, hopefully, pending no injury, how far they go. So. so let's take a look at some of the trades that she has made thus far. There's nine of note we're going to talk about. Some of them are smaller than the others, but here we go. The first deal Andy made was between her and Stirk Daddy. This happened in our first year of existence. Andy walked away with Royce Freeman and Tyler Lockett and gave away Robbie Anderson and Damian Williams. Kind of highlighted because, first of all, she took Damian Williams so high in the startup, and Tyler Lockett is probably the best piece out of that trade. Um, so that's kind of the first one. The second was between her and Randy. Andy walked away with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think she just did not have a quarterback, if I can recall, because Cam Newton got cut or something. And then Randy... Uh, ends up walking away with Cam Newton, who I don't know what happened in that situation, but gets Cam Newton and Matt Breida. So <clears throat> kind of a wash if you look at it right now. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo has more value than both of them combined. The third trade of note was between her and myself. Andy walked away with Curtis Samuel in the 111, which I believe ended up being Joe Burrow. And I got Michael Gallup. So if it was Joe Burrow, I would consider that probably a win for her but just by a small amount because Gallup is pretty valuable now. Next deal was between Andy and myself again. I walked away with Travis Kelsey. She walked away with Evan Ingram, a second and a third. So uh, I think that might have been a kind of a loss for her because she, in hindsight, didn't get as much value she probably could have for Travis Kelsey, who was in his prime. The next deal was the big one she made with D. Slagkey. She gave away Christian McCaffrey to Danny and walked away with John Brown, uh, the 106, which ended up being Justin Jefferson, uh, the 401, and then two future firsts and a second. And as you heard on Dan Danny Slecky's podcast, Andy could have had Stefan Diggs, but said she did not have an interest in him. He was going to just throw him in there. She said no. The next deal was between Andy and Prince Palmer. Andy got a mid-third, and Prince got a Mike Asicki. Probably a pretty big win for Prince Palmer. Next deal was between Andy and Prince again, and Prince Palmer walks away with Tyler Lockett, with Andy walking away with Fournette, Jamie Collins, and Anthony Miller. Uh, that was one of the trades that we discussed of it being like way too unfair at the time. Looking back, it's basically Tyler Lockett for Leonard Fournette, which I consider to be pretty fair. Then we had Andy and myself with a deal. Andy walks away with Melvin Gordon, Nelson Aguilar, and a third. And I walked away with Zach Moss and a first. Uh, Zach Moss is kind of irrelevant right now. I'm assuming the Bills will draft someone when it happens to be determined. Um, but I got a first, and then Mel and Andy gets Melvin, who is probably the best player out of that draft. Just would depend on what that first is. Then Andy made a trade with Prince again. 
and she got Tyler Lockett back. She also got Robert Tunyon, Matthew Stafford, and Boston Scott. And then Ryan got the number three overall selection, I believe, in this upcoming draft. Could have been last. No, actually, I think it was last year. Ended up being Jamar Chase. And then Andy and myself made a deal. Andy walks away with DeAndre Hopkins, Zach Moss, and a future first. And I walked away with Chase Claypool, Michael Pittman Jr. in a first. I consider that probably a win for myself. If you consider the value of those two wide receivers and the first on top of that. And Hopkins has been injured as of late. So those are the nine trades of highlight that we wanted to talk about. Will, was there any of those that really stuck out to you, either for being good or bad? Uh, well, for Andy, the, the the moral of the story is you win some or you lose some. Um, again, I, I would like to know her understanding or her reasoning behind not taking Stephon Diggs and instead electing to go with John Brown. Maybe it was just the fact that being a Viking fan, she was fed up with Stephon Diggs, wasn't sure about how he was going to do in Buffalo. But looking back on that trade, that's kind of a, a laughable trade because who knows how she could have won this, this past year, even with Stephon Diggs. Um, she definitely got a lot out of that trade. Um, the one trade I remember exactly that I was kind of like stunned by was just the Gasicki for a third because he was the tight end one at the time for Miami, an up-and-coming star, and to only get a third-round pick for him was kind of a huge shocker. Um, sold him a little bit too low. Um, and maybe the last trade I'll kind of hit on is just kind of the one with her and Ryan where Ryan got the you know, third overall pick last year, and then she got all those extra pieces. Imagine what kind of a season, again, she could have had if Tunyon would have played a full year. Uh, Stafford played great this past season with Cup, and now he's going to have lots of other options to pass to this year with Allen Robinson and, um, you know, a few more weapons here, hopefully some healthy running backs too. Um, and then who knows what happens with Tyler Lockett if he becomes a trade candidate um, during the draft or if he stays in Seattle. But, um Again, she wins some, she loses some. It seems like lately she's been winning a few of those trades. So um, those are all playing in her favor. And, um, yeah, that, that's really all I have to say about that. So let's look right ahead at her depth chart. As you can see on the screen here uh, for Will, quite a bit of picks still for this year, even with her being such a, a solid franchise. She's got three seconds of first, which is the 110. She has a third, or two-thirds, a fourth, two-fifths, two-sixths. So that is a total of, I want to say, 10, 10 picks, 11 picks. At the quarterback position right now, she's got some good depth in Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford, and Jimmy Garoppolo with the Bengals, Rams, and the 49ers currently, respectively. At the running back, she's got at the top, Javante Williams with the Broncos and DeAndre Swift with the Lions. Followed by some depth in Leonard Fournette with the Bucks, Melvin Gordon, a free agent. Boston Scott, I believe, is back with the Eagles. Zach Moss, the Bills. Anthony McFarland, I think, is a free agent or the Steelers. And Duke Johnson, I want to say, is on the Bills. Wide receivers, she's got Justin Jefferson with the Vikings. Cooper Cup with the Rams. And DeAndre Hopkins with the Cardinals. Tyler Lockett currently with the Seahawks. We'll see if he gets traded. Cedric Wilson with the Dolphins. Keelan Cole with the Jets, I believe. Nelson Aguilar, I think, with the Patriots. I'm just kind of spitballing, but I'm pretty sure this is where they landed. Curtis Samuel with the Commanders. Tylen Wallace, Ravens. Nikhil Harry, Patriots at the moment. And Marcus Johnson, no fucking clue. At the tight end position, we got Cole. I think it's the Titans, maybe. 
Kokomet with the Bears, Evan Engram with the Jaguars, Robert Tunyon with the Packers, he's back. I Irv Smith with the Vikings. And then now and that's interesting because uh Tyler Conklin is gone, so we'll see if Irv Smith actually pays dividends. Kicker, she's got Bucks, Ryan Suckup, and then defensive line, Sam Hubbard with the Bengals. Linebackers, she's got a couple pretty good names in Joe Schobert. Uh didn't he just sign with is he still with the Steelers? He um, you, I think you signed somewhere else, but yeah, a good a good name to have there. Zach Cunningham with the Texans, I think. Harold Landry was a free agent. I don't remember where he went. TJ Edwards was with the Eagles. Landry was with the Titans. Demario Davis was with the Saints, and then Jamin Davis. I, to be honest, I think he was with the Commanders. And then defensive backs: Carlton Davis back with the Bucks. Richie Grant with the Falcons, and Darnell Savage is still with the Packers. So that is the depth chart of Andy. Do you see any gaping holes as you look at some of these positions? Yeah, so I I, I mean, we I think we have differing opinions as far as like depth is concerned. I would maybe, you know, when it comes to all of her picks in the draft, I know she doesn't pick until like 10th overall in the first round, but due to Stafford's age and also due to Jimmy G really not knowing where he's going to go. I wouldn't be surprised if she looks to target a quarterback in the first round this year. Uh, she's probably got the best wide receiving core outside of you. Um, lots of depth there. Um, her tight ends are strong. She's got four running backs that I really like. Um, I did some research. I, I looked up Joe Schobert while you were looking there and he's uh, actually a free agent right now. Mm. Uh, Steelers cut him. I forgot about so, that. Yep. Um, you know, outside of that, I think, you know, she's pretty set at wide receiver. Um, she might try to, she's got 11 picks. She might try to maybe package those up to do some upgrades at other places. But, um, I would say maybe looking to add a quarterback or a running back in the draft would be helpful. Um, outside of that, she's got a really good team. I think tight end is an area where she might want to focus in on. She has so much depth. There is a possibility she could make a trade with tight end and how, you know, limited the landscape is. She could maybe even go to our league if she knows how to use the trade feature and see who's on the block <laughs> for tight ends. Um, I, I believe, like, Darren Waller would be there, and that would be interesting if she could pull off a guy like that because uh, I know Sterk put him on the block. Or, you know, maybe she just targets someone with one of her second-round picks. Um We'll have to see what happens with Engram in the Jaguars. He's the one I'm kind of most excited about because I feel like Cole Komet's dropping the ball all the time. And then, you know, Tunyon has been solid, and Irv could be good with the Vikings if he's the only guy there. So, you know, there's a lot of potential for some of those players, but, you know, you if you're a contending team, you want to have someone that you can depend on every single week. So we'll have to see what she kind of does, if anything at all, as it relates to the tight end position. But you definitely make a good point as it relates to Jimmy G and kind of an uncertain future. You know, a lot of people are saying, could Trey Lance get the, uh, you know, the the Jordan Love feature where they keep Jimmy G and then they just kept keep starting him and then Trey Lance just, you know, rides it out on the pine. We'll have to see what happens with that. <clears throat> so that's Andy's team. What do you think? Do you think she's going to become, you just kind of put in the notes here that, you think that she's going to lose, or she's going to go 11-3. and three. So that would be very, very good. She'd probably be a top three pick, uh, fighting for a bye potentially. Uh, 
kind of depending on how those top two teams in Cascade and and uh, Sturt Daddy go. So would you say she's a playoff team? I definitely think she will be. Yes. she. I, I think, again, if I had to say right now, she's probably a lot. Um, she's got, again, a lot of picks to um, try and, you know, bundle up to upgrade. I think that's going to be very important for her, um, especially if she – dedicates herself that night to, to make those trades. So it's going to be entirely up to her to, you know, make those moves. And that's all for Andy's team profile. So with that being said, we are going to get into the second for the throne mock draft. So to begin with, what we're going to do is we're going to alternate picks and will will for sure have the number one pick. Since I am on the clock at the 101, we're not going to pick for ourselves. So if it comes up where, for example, Will would be up, um, then I would select for him. And then we'll just kind of take turns based on that. We're going to try to do the full six rounds, even though who knows who's going to get selected in the sixth round or the fifth round. Tim Tebow, maybe. But... So we are going to do this mock draft. Again, we're not going to comment too much. It's because it's going to take us way too long. Um, and then we'll just kind of wrap it up when we're done here. To begin with, I just want to run through how many picks each team has. So the leaders in the pack with 11 selections are Will and Andy, both of which have 11 selections this year. Uh, the third team with the most selections would be Ryan who has 10. So we have three teams with double digit picks. There's 72 total. So that's 32 out of the 72. Uh, fourth place is lefty who has eight selections. And then we have candle still lit who has six uh, tied with five. We have Justin and cascade bear um, cascade bear though does not have a top three round pick. And then myself and D Slaggy with four. Little Slads and Sturk Daddy have three. And then Randy has two at the bottom, a second and a sixth. So we're not going to be talking too much about some of those teams at the bottom, clearly. So, Will, do you see this at the bottom, the tab with the prospects? Yep, I'm on that tab right now. Yeah, so uh, it would definitely be the easiest for, you know, let's just block out or black out, you know, color in probably is the easiest when we actually make a selection just so it doesn't get too much of a clusterfuck. Yeah, I, I can do that. That's or, fine. Or I can just do it. It doesn't really matter. Okay, so, Will, we are starting our fourth throne mock draft 2.0. We're at the 101, and I am on the clock. What's happening? So, for, the, for all winter long, you have gave me one name of a prospect that you have really liked, um, but I don't think you go in that direction i think you ask yourself who's the best running back available and with that the 101 selection i'm going to say that future houston texan Brees hall is going to be the 101 for uh for logan all right so the 101 for me is Brees hall okay so now we are at the Number two selection in the first round, number two overall, 
It is lefty 79 on the clock. Uh, lefty just needs another key, valuable young player. He's got C.D. Lamb and Jalen Waddle really to build around. I'd say those are his two franchise pieces. He could go with another wide receiver to help out his flex spots. Um, but when you look at his running back depth, he's struggling a little bit. He definitely needs a new face for that franchise and a guy that's going to be locked in wherever he goes. And with the 102, we're going to have lefty 79 selecting Kenneth Walker, the wide receiver out of Michigan State, who's a future, hmm, let's put him in Atlanta. Works for me. All right. It is the number three pick, and you are on the, the clock with Ryan. Man, so two running backs have gone first. Um, kind of looking at Ryan's team, there's a lot of question marks, I would say, as far as his wide receivers, because I do like Chase, I like DJ Moore, but I, I'm really not sure who else is going to be throwing the ball. Um, Cole Beasley, the the uh, COVID King has been released. He's looking for a team. Um, you know, there's a lot of these other names that I'm kind of unsure about. Um, looking at the wide receiver depth, there's a lot of good names to be excited about. That being said, I think at 103, Ryan is going to target future Green Bay Packer wide receiver, Chris Olave mm. from Ohio State. So Chris Olave is off of the board at the 103 going to the Prince Palmer. And now he's on the board again at the 104. So I'm going to be picking for him. If you look at some of the prospects available, you have the third running back. Um, he's kind of in a, a tier by himself at, when you look at who's left available. And then you have quite a bit of good names at the wide receiver position. Um, I don't really know what goes through the mind of Ryan when it comes to these two selections. But if I was to go based on looking at his team, his running back two is Chase Edmonds. And I don't think that's going to get the job done. I think he needs to take a shot on another running back here. And he's going to go with the running back out of Texas A&M, who a lot of people have started to fall off on. But running back is such a shallow position. Uh, you got to take some shots somewhere. So with the 104, Ryan is going to go with Isaiah Spiller, running back Texas A&M. So we have three running backs that have gone within the top four. Um, lots lots of names off the board right away. I've been moved to Candlestill Lit team. Welcome to our league. As I take a look at his team, um, I like his running back situation. Now that Watson's got a team, I don't see him moving on from him. Um, Daniel Jones might be a trade piece. We'll see moving forward. There's a lot of things to like about from a fantasy perspective, especially if he cleans things up. I would say maybe uh, an area of weakness might be wide receiver. So given like who's left at running back, I think his better chances at this point is to look at who's the best wide receiver possible. Um, and with that being said, at 105, Future Philadelphia Eagle wide receiver Drake London falls off the board to Candle Stillet. So Drake London is heading to the Candle franchise. We are now at the 106, and it is the first selection uh, for one of us. It is Will. 
So Will is on the clock at the 106. Will's a pretty balanced team. I know he would definitely want a running back, but at this point, it would definitely be kind of a reach when you look at the names that are there. So I think Will at this selection is going to go with best player available. He clearly doesn't need a quarterback at this spot. So when you look at who's left, there's a couple names there at the wide receiver right at the top. And I considered doubling down on Ohio State running backs for the Prince, but I'm not going to do that, obviously. And instead, Will's going to get him. So Will, at the 106, is going to walk away with Garrett Wilson, wide receiver out of Ohio State. Well, I like that. So we moved to D. Slacky's team at 107. Um, we're out of the lottery now and into the remainder, the second half of the first round. Taking a look at his team, he's got a great set of quarterbacks. Uh, he's got Saquon and James Conner leading his running back room. I don't think you look at running backs here. Again, I think you look at who's the best player available and you take a look at the wide receivers. There's plenty of names out there. Um, that being said, I think at 107, given his size and his structure and his comparison to DK Metcalf, I believe here at this spot at 107, Traylon Burks is going to fall off the board to DeSlacky, and he will be excited about that selection. The future New England Patriot. Okay, so now we have a conflict as I am the 108, so it's going to go right back to Will to make this selection. All right, so here we move on to Logan's team at 108, and as I pull up his team here at the top, um, he's got a lot of depth at wide receiver. Could he take one here? Absolutely, but let's take a look at the rest of his team. Uh, he's got some running backs to be excited about. We'll see how ETN forms here um, coming off of that injury. Dobbins will be back too as well. He could look at potentially uh, grabbing a tight end here, though he does have Fant and Friermuth. He may look for a quarterback. He may look to see who the best quarterback is available. Looking ahead, there are some teams that might be looking at a quarterback here. Not let's let's just say for this mock right now at 108, Malik Willis, who is going to be a future New Orleans Saint, will come off the board to Logan at 108. So we have our first quarterback as he comes off at the 108. It is Malik Willis. From Liberty. Let's go. I got to kind of. Yeah, there we go. So Malik Willis comes off the board there for me. And I am on the clock now with the 109. It is for Will once again. And as we kind of talked about, he doesn't need a quarterback at all. Um, Will's in a good spot where I feel like he can do no wrong by just taking the best available. And when you look at who is left, I think there's one name that is clearly the best available, and it's the wide receiver out of Alabama. It is Jamison Williams. He is coming off a torn ACL, uh, but he was voted as you know the top wide receiver um, before his injury. So if you look at who Will has in the first round, he's walking away with Garrett Wilson and Jamison Williams with his first two picks and it's back to will to select for andy so i think from talking about andy's team profile um i felt like she could maybe you know look at some of the quarterbacks that are available malik willis is already off the board we then turn to who's the next best available uh kenny pickett 
who will be, again, a future quarterback for somebody. He'll probably be a starter someday. I'm going to say future quarterback with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kenny Pickett will come off the board here for Andy at 110. Just remember, two years ago, one pick later, Andy selected Joe Burrow to be her franchise quarterback. So now she has Kenny Pickett, Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford, and Jimmy G. All right, I am up with the 111, and the 111 is going to be for Lefty. So when you look at Lefty's team, as I kind of made mention about, he there's some holes at a lot of positions, um, but I feel like there's one position that he's just doesn't have a guy that uh, he can depend on consistently, and it is definitely the tight end position. So, you know, this might be a little bit of a reach, but he's clearly by far and beyond the number one tight end in this year's class. With the 111, Lefty is going to select Trey McBride out of Colorado State to kind of join with Rob Gronkowski and Dan Arnold and, you know, Zach Ertz. So, hopefully, Lefty likes that pick and it makes him do a backflip for the stream. All right, now I am back on the clock again. I am on the clock with the 112, and it is for Will. So, Will, if we kind of take a look at some of these players here, there is one running back that I personally like, and I think it would help Will a little bit because, um, you know, he's he's been kind of in that second tier at the top. Um, so we'll have to see. How he feels about this selection with the 112 for will i'm going to select rashad white he's the white running back out of arizona state to help his depth at the running back position so will if you look at his first round as he has the most first round picks he gets garrett wilson jameson williams and rashad white in that first round we're going into the second round and will is going to select for lefty at the 201 Tyler is back on the clock at the 201, taking a look at some of the names that are out there. There are so uh, many good still, wide receiver names still there. So many good wide receivers. So he, I would say at this point, he's going to probably look to see who the best wide receiver is available. Um, going off of that, I'm going to say that George Pickens will be the first pick of the second round for Tyler at 201. So George Pickens, he ha does have an injury history. But before injuries, he was viewed as the top wide receiver in this year's class. Uh, that's a nice selection there for lefty. He has a lot of potential. Coming back to Will then at the 202. He's already selected two wide receivers in Rashad White. I think he's going to go right back to the well. And he's going to get another young, promising wide receiver. And this time, it's going to be Christian Watson, the wide receiver out of North Dakota State. Huh? North Dakota State? A former weapon of Trey Lance. So Will, to this point, has taken Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Rashad White, and Christian Watson. That's quite a quite a haul there. And now we're back to Will. Who's I love select... that. What's that? You like that group? I love that pick. All right. So the 203 is yours. It is for Ryan. So Ryan, again, from the first round, took Isaiah Spiller. Um, also taking a look at who he has also taken. Um, yeah, I guess that's the only pick he's Chris Olave. Oh, Chris Olave. So he's got a wide receiver and he's got a running back. 
Again, best player available. Seeing as Watson has just fall off, fallen off the board, I think here at 203, he's going to go after Sky Moore, who could be quite a quite a threat in uh, some future NFL offense someday. So I would say Sky Moore is your 203 pick for Ryan. Okay, and then we get the little slads at the 204. We've talked at length about what position he needs, and he claims he would do anything for it. It is the tight end position. So when it's based on, I, th- I feel like this guy's going to be drafted pretty high in the NFL draft just because he was pretty good at his pro day and then also had a really, really good combine. Uh, definitely increased his stock. To help out the tight end room for Little Slads, who's currently going to be starting Hayden Hurst as his franchise tight end, he's going to be selecting out of UCLA. It is Greg Dulcich. So Greg Dulcich is going to Little Slads. And it's back to you with Candle Still Lit. So Candle Still Lit took a wide receiver in the first round. Uh, take a look at best player available. Again, I think it's going to be a wide receiver. I don't think he falls past 205. At 205, Candle will be grabbing John Dotson out of Penn State. So the small, speedy wide receiver out of Penn State is heading to Candle Still Lit. And we are now on the clock with Randy. And Randy, you know, in the past, I feel like he uses every single pick on a quarterback. He's not going to do that this time around. He's going to be looking for some player that's definitely going to have some high potential in his squad. And he's going to be taking the running back out of Georgia, and it's not who you think. It's not Delvin Cook's brother. It is Zamir White. He's joining Team Randy Santarelli. And then I get to select again, and this time it is for Will again. Which is the the joy of having so many picks. Okay, so when we take a look at Will's team here, he has so far, I believe, taken three wide receivers and a running back. Um, if you look at his tight ends, I know he's got TJ Hawkinson at the top, but there's, uh, you know, some some area of concern maybe for just his depth as it comes to that. I don't want to select the guy that's at the top because of his, his prospect score that you sent me the other day. So I'm going to wait on the tight end position for now. Let's take a look at the running back position. Uh, just because Alabama running backs get a role in the NFL, it doesn't matter who they are. I'm going to kind of depend on that here for Will, and I'm going to select Brian Robinson, who is going to Will at the, what would that be, the 207. So that would be Will's second running back. And it's up to Will now with Andy's selection at the 208. So there was a tight end that I absolutely loved, and I feel like this could be a point of emphasis for Andy um, at this spot, the 208. Um, that being said, I think Jelani Woods from Virginia falls off the board, doesn't make it past this pick. Andy gets herself a pretty good tight end coming out of Virginia. Absolutely. And to be honest, Justin is now doing some dance moves that I've never seen a dude do before because he drastically needs a quarterback behind Kyler. It's not going to be Taysom Hill, who is now the tight end with the Saints. He sees a guy that has some grades as a quarterback in the first round, 
It's got a lot of promise. It's not Matt Corral. It is Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati, who only really had one tough game, and it came in the playoff against Alabama. But Desmond Ritter is heading to Justin, and it is not who you thought, not Matt Corral. We're back to Will, who is selecting for Andy at the 210. Andy's got back-to-back picks here. I think she could get creative however she wants. I'm taking a look down the line. I'm going to say maybe here she'll look at the best player available. That being said, coming out of Purdue, David Bell is going to be going to Andy at 210. David Bell is heading to Andy. Okay, and then she's right back on it at the 211. And she's going to make some noise with this pick, and she's not going to cut him this time. She's going to take the first IDP off the board, and it's probably going to be the number one pick in the draft. It's going to be Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan, who is a defensive line slash, I guess you call him an edge rusher. And then I'm going to be selecting for Will at the 212. So we take a look at some of the other prospects that are around this area. Um, it's not that it's not pretty once you get to the like the end of the second round. There's some names that you just kind of take a take a shot on, uh. But honestly, I'm just gonna go with the running back position here. Um, I'm gonna go with Damian Pierce out of Florida, another running back that Will can hopefully stash on his taxi and and see what happens. And that's it for the second round. Apologize for all the picks. What's that? (laughs) Apologize for all those picks. (laughs) Yeah, so who would we walk away with in your spot? You'd have Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Rashad White, uh, Christian Watson, uh, Brian Robinson, and Damian Pierce so far. It's pretty even. I mean, you have like three running backs, three wide receivers. So, all right, let's move on to the third round. You're on the clock with Ryan at the 301. So at 301, we're going for the best player available. Taking a look at Ryan's team because I just would like to see who he has. Oh, Ian Books is okay. Um, Here's maybe where he starts to look for a quarterback. And I would say maybe with the best quarterback available might be somebody that could very well be in a starting role depending on the success of Jared Goff, let's say. So if Detroit looks at a quarterback late in the first round, Maybe they'll look at a guy with a little of experience with Sam Howell. I think Sam Howell will go at 301 for Ryan. Sam Howell is going to Ryan at the 301. And it's funny because Matt Corral for a long time was viewed as the clear number one quarterback. And tons and tons of mocks have been saying he's falling out of the first round just due to some teams souring on him. But... Okay, we move into Andy, who is now on the clock. She's on the clock at the 3.02. And let's take a look at what she's going to do. So she's already taken Kenny Pickett, so I think quarterback would be kind of out of out of reach here. She's going to look at the wide receiver position, and there's a speedster right at the top. It's Wondell Robinson out of Kentucky. He was formerly from Nebraska. He is going to Andy. Wondell Robinson. And you are back on the clock with Ryan at the 303. I think Ryan could take a running back here. So 
moving down the line, I think Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame would be a great selection here at 303 for Ryan. And now I am on the clock with the Sterk Daddy's first pick of the draft. It is the 304. He might be doing a little bit of dance moves too. They might be a little bit more freaky than Justin's. But at the 304, he's going to take a quarterback they can't believe dropped to this selection because he only has Matt Ryan behind Josh Allen. He's going to take Matt Corral this time to add to his quarterback depth. You are on the, the clock with Candle Still Lit at the 305. So I think here, uh, Candle couldn't do no wrong with a wide receiver. Uh, I see a guy out of Alabama that might be a good selection for his team. At 305, John Meshi is now Team Candle Still Lit. And now we're up to Tyler at the 306. Not really any quarterbacks any longer, which Tyler definitely needed to take one because he only has Gardner Minshew. So he's definitely, if this would happen on draft day and he didn't take a quarterback at 111, uh, he would probably have to trade for one pretty soon because the next guy up is Carson Strong and I don't think he's going to be starting. Uh, but instead, Tyler's going to continue to add to his running back depth and he's going to take Jerome Ford out of Cincinnati, who impressed quite a bit at the uh, Combine and then also throughout the season. So Jerome Ford is heading to lefty. And now I am on the clock with the 307, Will. What am I doing? So we haven't selected an IDP for a while. I think it's time for an IDP. i looking at all these names here. Who could be a good impact rookie from day one? I think Kevin Thibodeau out of Oregon would be probably the second highest IDP taken. Um, I'm no analyst by any means, but I think he's going to go to Logan at his third round selection. All right, and then we have Will, who is at the 308. Could go with best player available. He could add another quarterback to his room. I don't know. We'll see. But I think what he's going to do is he's going to get who I believe will be the best IDP um, here, and that's going to be Devin Lloyd, as he is a linebacker. So they definitely have the most production. Devin Lloyd, the linebacker, is heading to Will's franchise. And then you are up with Justin at the 309. Who is it Justin and why is it Robbie Gould? <laughs> <laughs> Justin St. Peter is a great man. He just got married this year. He is full of jokes. He is a former educator. He's also a fellow Wisconsin Badger football fan. What does Justin do here in the third round? Hmm, I have no idea. I think here at this selection, he looks at the tight end room and says, I know, I'm going to take a chance on this guy. Barry Alvarez's grandson. <laughs> in the third round, he's going to go after Jake Ferguson, tight end out of Wisconsin. A stellar selection by Justin. But that's completely a Justin pick. <laughs> All right, we're at the 310. It is Andy who is on the clock. And Andy is taking a look. She's scouting out. Who could she select? There's still a tight end there that, you know, was highly highly rated early on in it. 
And if he gets the draft capital, he's definitely going to be an interesting name. It's Jalen Weidermeyer out of Texas A&M, who is going to Andy for second tight end of the draft. Up to you with Stirk Daddy at the 3-11. So Stirk's team, you were looking through his team. There was a tight end just selected. I thought maybe here he would maybe look to maybe upgrade his tight end room. He's got Gerald Everett. He's also got Darren Waller. Taking a look at the tight ends that are available. Um, there is one name I do like here. Um, had a great career at Coastal Carolina. It is likely that at this spot, Stirk Daddy may consider Isaiah Likely. And now we are up to D Slaggy with the 312. And honestly, I don't think Carson Wentz is a long-term answer for D Slaggy. He definitely needs a quarterback that's going to get at least second-round draft capital that he can just stash on his taxi and see what happens. I think he can get him here at the 312. And it's Carson Strong who's going to D Slaggy's taxi right after the draft. So a lot of prospects have gone. We're to the fourth round. Now these are all dart throws. These will probably go by relatively quick just based off of who is left and who is available. The first pick of the fourth round is Tyler. Take a look at the prospects that are available. He may look to see who the Packers also draft at wide receiver. He may look for a speedster. He may look for a guy that's got proven um, you know, proven uh, production. That being said, future Packer wide receiver taken in the late round, Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati, will go in the fourth round at 401. We are to the 402, and it is Cascade Bear for the first time. He's still mourning the loss of Calvin Ridley. And a bunch of other stuff that happened, including DK Metcalf losing his quarterback. Speaking of DK Metcalf losing his quarterback, he definitely needs to take some shots here at wide receiver. And I think he's going to select Justin Ross, who was promising, but very injury prone also with Trevor Lawrence, I think for like a year. He's going to Cascade Bear. It's up to you at the 403 now with Prince Palmer. You know who we haven't taken so far? We haven't taken an NFL free agent here. So I think this might be the spot where Ryan looks to maybe upgrade, maybe at a position. There is a new quarterback in the ATL. He's got a new job. He's motivated. He's ready to go. Marcus Mariota is going to go to Ryan here at 403. And it's right back to Ryan at the 404. Let's take a look at what he's got going. Just a lot of names. I think he needs some more running back help, and he's going to be taking James Cook the running back out of Georgia and the brother of Dalvin Cook. Randy will immediately hit him up in the DMs. Up to you now at the 405 with Candle still lit. So at the Candle party, we have nothing but wide receivers. Looking at the best player available, could we go wide receiver here again? Perhaps. But I think there are a lot of other options out there. That being said, I'm going to take Hassan Haskins out of Michigan there for Candle for his first running back of the draft. And then we get to Cascade Bear at the 406. He's on the clock. He's got a lot of quarterbacks um, that have increased their value, but he did have Baker lose the value. I still don't think he's going to take one right here, 
Uh, if you look at all of the players that are available, I think he might go ahead and get himself an IDP, and he's going to go with N'Kobe Dean, who's the linebacker out of Georgia. Up to you at the 407 with pass, uh, Prince Palmer. So that being said, this is probably where the start of IDPs will begin to fall here in the mid to late fourth round selection. Looking at maybe the best IDP available, looking at a guy with speed, a guy that's going to be playing a lot of safety in the NFL. I think Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame is going to go to Ryan here. All right, we get to Will. He is at the 408. We're still in this boat of best player available, of course. But there is a running back that I like. He was very solid out of Mormon County. It is Tyler Algier out of BYU. He's going to join Team Will. Tyler is next up for another selection. Um, taking a look at who's out there, Tyler also is a big Bucky Badger football fan. This guy, you know, happens to have played high school football with one of my cousins. Um, let's just look to see who is out there. Um, I would say at this selection, he looks at Leo Chanel out of Wisconsin. Leo Chanel is going to lefties franchise. Okay, and then we get to Andy's selection at the 410. She has so many IDPs. I don't think she needs to look at one here. But there is a running back that's still in that, like, fourth tier that's available. It is Tyler Beatty out of Missouri going to Andy. Up to you at the 411 with Cascade. So Cascade's quarterbacks right now are Jalen Hurts, David Carr, Baker Mayfield, and oh, he's got a lot of just random quarterbacks out there. Let's just take a look at the board. Um, there are a couple guys that do have jobs. He may look back at a future reminisce here and take a chance on, come on, guy, 3.46, <laughs> as he falls to Cascade and he says, oh, what the heck, it's worth a fourth-round pick. Drew Locke is back with Cascade there. All right, and then Cascade is right back on the clock right away, and I think he's going to be selecting uh, out of Boise State the wide receiver Khalil Shakir. Khalil Shakir at the 412, and we are to the fifth round. It is you on the clock with the 501 for Lefty. Lefty really needs a quarterback. I think I think he's going to have to take take the next guy that's out there. Uh, who does currently sit in the starting role right now. Let's get him Mitchell Trubisky to start the fifth yes. round. That's a steal for this late in the draft. All right, we got the 502. It is Justin. He is on the board. And I'm just taking a look at some of these names. He definitely needs some running back help, as we've talked about for many teams. He's going to take, uh, I think they call him Bam. It is Zonovan Knight out of NC State. Big fan of Zonovan. So right. with Ryan's pick at 503, um, taking a look at the board, I think here he just takes a wild dart throw. And they'll take speedster T 
Tyquan Thornton out of Baylor, a wide receiver. We're up to the little slads. He is on the clock at the 504. Let's see. How many of these guys have I heard of? Not many. All right, little slads, let's get you an IDP. He's going to take George Carlaftis, who is an edge rusher out of Purdue. Candle saw little slads take an IDP, and he felt, eh, I might as well take one too. Trevon Walker will go here to Candle Stillet. Now it is Will at the 506. Let's take a look at this guy right here for Will. It is Jalen Tolbert, wide receiver out of South Alabama. Up to you with these slads. These slads is on the board next. Taking a look at the prospect prospect list. It seems kind of bare, seems kind of quiet. Again, just a lot of random guys. I'll take a guy that scored really high at the combine here at wide receiver. Kelvin Austin, the third out of Memphis, will be going to D Slacky here. We're at Justin. He is on the clock at the 508. Well, it's a mock draft tradition. Coming off the board at the 508, he settles his differences with him and re signs Robbie Gould, the kicker for the 49ers. With and, back to back yeah, picks, back -to -back. Justin is again on the on the board. Um, again, lots lots of chances, lots of dart throws. He's going to go with another wide receiver. Ty Freifogel out of Indiana will go to Justin St. Peter, fellow Big Ten wide receiver. We're on the 510. It is for Andy. And she is going to take a look at some of these players here. Uh, and she is actually going to take... The guy that people call Dicker the kicker because he matches the logo of her team. Cameron Dicker <laughs> out of Texas. And Andy with the 5'11". So 5'11 is out there. Andy may be asking herself, do I need another quarterback? Eh, why not? I'm on my fourth brownie. She'll take <laughs> Bailey Zappi out of Western Kentucky with this selection. Hey, Bailey Zappi set the NCAA record for most passing touchdowns last year. Beat See, Andy, beat Joe Burrow. The podcast, if you listen to the podcast, you would take this quarterback. Yeah, beat Joe Burrow's record. All right, Sturt Daddy is next. And Sturt Daddy is looking at this board and saying, why am I still in this draft room? <laughs> well, he's going with out of the University of SMU, Reggie Robertson, Jr., wide receiver. The time is 8 p.m. in our draft, and we are finally hitting the sixth round. Guys just want to hit downtown. They just want to get to the bars. They just want to hit the local watering hole. But what does Lefty do here? He takes a look at the board. He takes a, he takes a chance. He closes his eyes. He points his finger at a player, and at the 601, he will take a pretty selection by taking Brock Purdy, a quarterback out of Iowa State.
All right, we're at the 602. It is my pick, so you go ahead. So 602 is Logan taking a look at his players. As I glance, he's got Malik Willis. He's also got, hmm, let's see. I don't see anybody in the second round. I also take a look. He took an IDP in the third round. But let's just take a look at who's out there. There's an undrafted free agent that's looking for a team, looking for a role. He'll go with fellow Oregon Duck running back, C.J. Verdell. All right, the 603 is Prince Palmer's selection. He, again, is looking around like, why am I still here? He's doing the same thing that Tyler is. He's putting his finger on the screen, and he lands on Eric Azukanma, the wide receiver out of Texas Tech. So we're little, little slats. Yep, six oh four. Is little slats sleeping at his computer? He could be, but he also is trying to figure out who he could potentially take. So looking down the line, he sees, takes a look at the list of available NFL free agents. Tyson Williams is right there. With with that selection, he is going to take Tyson Williams, who is still listed as a member of the Baltimore Ravens. Candle still lit is on the clock at the 6.05. He's like, wow, this was such a great time. And now I'm here in the sixth round trying to find a diamond in the rough. Well, who does he select? He selects Josiah DeGuara, tight end out of Green Bay. Back to you. Uh, and it's your selection with the 6.06. I know you're a big name guy. So you are going to walk away with the tight end out of Maryland, Chigozim Okonkwo. What's his name? <laughs> Chigozim Okonkwo. I just wanted you to say it for the pod. That works. <laughs> so we're to D Slacky's pick. We're looking at names. We're looking at players. He just wants to go out to the bars as well. Looking out there for an IDP selection, he had a great year for the Tennessee Titans. His time is up, but he had a great career at age 33. There's a team looking for help at age 34. Jack Rabbit Jenkins falls to be slacky <laughs> here in the sixth round. All right, so we are up to Randy on the clock with the 608. I have no clue what he's gonna do. He's like, why did I even come to this draft? You actually might even you might auto pick it for all I know. Well, he's gonna take a running back because of how thin it is. He's gonna take Jay Sean Corbin out of Florida State. Alright. We are now at the six oh nine nice for Will. I think it's, yeah, 609. Okay. And then let's say, what is Will going to do? Again, he's a big name guy. How about a hyphen? He's going to take Tyrion Davis Price out of LSU, the second running back drafted from LSU with a hyphen. We've reached a point in the night where Andy does not want to make this selection. So she contacts Randy and <laughs> says, Here, here is $25 a fab. Please make this pick for me. And so instead, Randy will be making this pick for Andy at this spot. So looking at the list of prospects, 
he doesn't really see a guy that he wants. So then looking at the list of NFL free agents, he's going to take a look and he's going to say, you know, I could very well use an IDP. So uh, having no fingers and all, he'll go after Jason Pierre-Paul, <laughs> who is a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then we get to the 6-11, and he's like, wait, I didn't, thought I didn't have any picks left. And she's like, oh, God, what am I going to do now? She's looking, she's looking, and she says, let's run it back. With the 6-11, she selects Tim Tebow. <laughs> and then we get Jake to Mr. Irrelevant, the 6-12. Jake has the last pick. He's been trying really hard. He does still need to fill up that taxi squad. Taking a look at who is out there. He could look at a running back here, but instead chooses to look at wide receiver. Coming out of Rutgers, he's going to take Bo Melton. Bo Melton gets the honor of being Mr. Irrelevant for the For the Throne draft. And that is it for our For the Throne mock draft and Andy's team profile. What did you learn from this mock draft, Will? I learned that doing a mock draft is fun through the third, uh, through the three rounds. After that, it's just a dark throw. <laughs> so that's all for this episode of For the Throne Dynasty Podcast. On next week's episode, we will be covering Little Slads' team profile. Then we have a lefty's team profile. And then it's just about draft time. So that's all we got on this episode. We will see you next time, and thanks for listening.